We are Community Radio, Kilkenny City, 88.7 FM. Good afternoon and welcome to another Kilkenny Today. Faltier over Ashkadi, Clar, Ella, Kilkenny, and News, Misha, Murish, O'Curr, Morris O'Connor here with you. Delighted to be back again on another Kilkenny Today. Uh, good morning to you if you're listening to the repeat. Good afternoon if you're listening live. Um, don't text us in on if you're listening on the repeat on the Wednesday morning. But if you're listening here live on the Tuesday afternoon, delighted to have any comments or questions or thoughts you might have at 086 353 uh, the usual number. Uh, you can listen in, of course, 88.7 FM or tell all your friends and family and the Kilkenny diaspora about us and get them to listen in www.crkc.ie. Now, uh, later on on today's show, we'll be hearing from Jill Callanan, who's a Kilkenny and Carlo coordinator for a charity called K- Community Connect, uh, which is something I must admit I haven't heard of myself before. And perhaps it's because they're uh, providing service, practical supports and services to pregnant women and new parents. And I'm definitely not in, have never been in the former category. And it's a long, long time since I've been in the latter category as well, so that might explain why I haven't heard of Community Connect before. But Jill Callanan will be joining us later on in the show to tell us all about what it is they do. Um, we'll also be joined in the middle of the show by um, all the way from not terribly far away, but uh, over the county boundary, which is a place where a lot of us haven't been for a long, long time, I suppose. Uh, in Carlo, Tom O'Neill, who's the Cahillac, the chairperson of Clark Carlo County Council, and uh, Tom will be joining us to tell us about a new initiative uh, covering the entire southeast region involving what are called uh, the first citizens, and uh, first citizens being people like himself, uh, the Cahillac of Carlo County Council, our own Andrew McGuinness, chairperson and uh, of Kilkenny County Council, and all the other um, all the other uh, county council uh, chairpersons. So the First Citizens Forum in the southeast, and there's a website going with that. So uh, Councillor Tom O'Neill will be joining us to tell us about that. We'll have uh, the usual couple of um, ad breaks and and promotional messages. No parish news again, of course, today. Um, Hopefully we will be able to bring that back to you as soon as restrictions start to allow any uh, activity around the various parishes around the city will definitely bring you parish news and bring that feature back to you again because I think we know how popular it is uh, amongst a lot of you. Uh, but starting off uh, the show, um, it, a kind of phrase that we'd often used uh, today to, to, or any day to start off a show would be kicking off today's show and kicking off is a kind of phrase that might be kind of appropriate to my first guest uh, because it's the kind of thing we do with shoes as well and particularly small children are want to do with shoes as well. Isn't that the case? Ethel Corr, lovely to have you with us on the show. Hi, Morris. How are you? I'm very well indeed. Um, so, yeah, kicking off uh, today's show. Now, you're from uh, the uh, shoe shop, specialist shoe shop, I believe, Tip Top Shoes. Um, yeah, Tip Top Toes. Yeah. Tip Top Toes, excuse me, shoes, uh, shoes for kids. 
Um, yeah. Again, uh, yours, yours is a business. Um, it's a long time since I've been involved in trying to uh, put shoes on small children. So um, uh, your business, I wouldn't be terribly familiar with. But um, uh, it, you look as if you've got a great presence on Facebook and a great amount of uh, followers nationwide uh, on your Facebook page, almost 18,000 of them as far as I can tell. Tell us about the business a bit, Ethel. Um, okay, I, yeah, like I've been fitting shoes for over 10 years now and when the little piggies over New Park is where I used to work, when they closed down then I didn't know what to do with myself. I had no plans. I literally made a decision within a week to open the shop then um, and I was pregnant at the time. So it, everyone kind of thought I was crazy, I suppose. And um, being honest about it, I don't think anyone believed it, that I could do it. There were, and nobody, I heard, like, not nobody was saying, oh, you know, you should do it, you should do it. It was me who was like, I'm doing this. More people kept telling me I couldn't do it, the quick, the more I wanted to do it. So we're open now. We're going, in, we're in our sixth year. So we're, we're six years in August now coming um, open. So, mm. like, I mean, I, I opened in August 2015 and I had Isabel in November. Great stuff. So I, I suppose, um, you know, you would have had the usual um, walk-in off the street kind of retail model um, and that's all gone by the boards or yeah. substantially so in the last year. How, how has it been for you since COVID hit? Um, the first lockdown, it was very strange. Like, I literally turned my whole house into a shoe shop. <laughs> I just brought home everything and I didn't have an online presence because to me it was totally against what I believed in I wanted to fit shoes I wanted to measure um, the online thing with shoes just wasn't really never appealed to me in that way um, we deal with the physios all the time so we kind of wanted to get the fit right it was all about trying you know putting the shoes on the feet and you know letting you, you see how the child walks in them so it was hard um, now when saying that we did kind of kept we did keep going a little bit and it was fine for the first lockdown and then, I mean, look, I mean, it's been all crazy, like the whole lot of it, but, um, like, it's, you know, I've, I've continued doing, like, a few essential appointments, like um, physio, kids seeing physio and, and baby shoes. You can't guess at baby shoes, so you have to, you know, you have to get them measured. And especially, like, I've had, I had so many physios ringing me saying, are you going to take appointments? You know, they were sending people to me in Able Ireland. were great. The HSE physios themselves, they send everyone to us as well. So we're lucky, like, we're delighted we have that, you know, as well. Mm. But now, like, from now on, from this week on, I'm I'm, I'm opening um, by appointment. Um, it's just gone beyond ridiculous now that kids can't get a pair of shoes, and they're all going back to school, apparently, um, So in two weeks. So, and some like, of them already are, shoes. of course, in the, in the preschools and playgroups and the likes and creches. Um, yeah. Have you had many staff, then, that you've had to, unfortunately, kind of put on, on um, uh, pandemic support in the last while? Yeah, no, we have, like, I have two permanent staff um, that are there now. And, like, yeah, we've had to, like, we've had to, the girls have had to go on the PUP and they were very, um, you know, understanding, obviously, of it all as well. But now, in saying that now, from, like, this, I'm taking them back now from this week on, the two girls are back. Um, so Olivia's been helping me out to kind of get ready and everything to get back. So, um, yeah, so we're kind of, like, from this week on now, I'm kind of trying to get back um, doing it. Um, and I'm glad to say that I can take two girls back. You know, um, in saying that, there's not massive support out there for businesses in saying that. Um, like the CRSS scheme, I mean, 10% not really doing much really for us. Like, I know people think that all the businesses are getting money left, right and centre. We're not, you know, mm. and I keep saying that to people. Like, so we're just trying to literally keep our head above water and try and keep going. 
I'm lucky compared to a lot of other businesses out there that, like, you know, what we do is, I mean, kids need shoes, they grow, they need, you know, footwear. So I suppose for us, we'll bounce back. We will bounce back. And right now, the way I, I'm not, I don't want to be greedy about it. Um, I just want to kind of stay going and keep our heads above water and move the stock that's coming in and that's it. Like, I'm not, we're not about, um, you know, we we don't fit for, it's not about getting a sale in our shop, it's about getting the right foot, the right footwear, I mean, um, for kids. Mm, very important, of course. And, and you did post um, recently, as you mentioned a couple of minutes ago, you did post on your Facebook page that you're open and available for business and you have a, a kind of a, a number of different, um, I suppose that you have a process and a procedure in place. You might just talk us through how's, how's that working? What is the process for, you mentioned appointments, so what is the process for somebody who wants to come to you and get the, the right kind of shoes for their small child? Okay, well, basically, I'm kind of saying to people, if they want to contact us through Facebook, that's the easiest way to get me and book them in for an appointment um, or they can call the shop um, but basically we're saying like it's we're, we're taking it's a half hour slot but we're kind of trying to get it done within the 15 minute time frame if possible because the, the, the you know least amount of time that someone is in the shop as well so mm. our door is always locked and then obviously we just allow the person in we'll check and see who the you know who the person is obviously is coming in and you know make sure nobody has any symptoms or anything like that and they come in but now we clean in between everyone that comes in we clean down the chairs we clean down the equipment so the half hour slot allows us to you know to have that time to clean in between as well um so like we're doing it like it's really safe i mean we're all wearing our masks no one's allowed in without a mask on the face um obviously we don't make kids wear masks like what we say to people if at all possible um, to leave, like, say, the partner at home or, you know, if there's extra kids and they have someone to mind them, um, to leave them at home as well and try just to bring, you know, the kid that just needs, that really needs the shoes into the shop and one, one adult, one child, if possible, hmm. is what we're trying to do. Yeah, this is, so all, so this is all set out, really, on the Facebook page. So anybody, as yeah. you say, who goes to your all Facebook page to book an appointment the the procedure is all laid out the one the one thing that i was kind of curious about from the typical consumer point of view um ethel is how how do you expect the kind of the no your no browsing rule going to work surely like people love to browse and or yeah. can they do that online to get an idea of your stock before they come in for the appointment or, or are you yeah. going to, have to be really strict with them when they come in um do you know what people are brilliant i can't complain like we, we might get the odd person that doesn't get it or whatever they get it but they just don't you know maybe might not care as much maybe but like majority of people are great they don't allow their kids to be coming in touch and taking off shoes off the shelves but look we we rose all the shoes up high so nobody can only the adults obviously can have a look or whatever if when they come in so there's no kids taking shoes off shelves like that they can't reach them anyway um but yeah we have an online presence now so it's tiptopstones.ie and people can go on there and have a look and see now not everything is on there but normally what I say to people is if they know what they want or they want to get an ID before they come in, they can message me on the Facebook page and I will message, I will send them pictures of anything that they're looking for. So it gives them an idea if there's something there that they do like before they come in as well. So that's that's another option as well. Um, people are people are very understanding of the fact that you just, there's no browsing allowed. Like so, I mean, look at the way the way it is is we're very strict. We're actually very strict. Yeah, people, of course, maybe in fairness, with, yeah, yeah, you do have to be. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like some people aren't aren't happy that nanny can come in or like auntie whatever can come in. You know, um, some people aren't happy about that. But it, it we just it's 
we're strict about it and that's it. Um, yeah. So, like, we, we just have to be, like, we have to think of our own, like I said, I put it on the end of the Facebook page, if we're going to do appointments for people that need you, we need to keep this right. We, everyone needs to be on board with it. Um, like, you know, we've had to turn, we've turned away a few people say, you know, like, we can't bring in a family. You know, yeah, so yeah, there's nothing yeah, we can do, yeah. and I yeah. think people are very and good at understanding you, that um, as well. Are you, are you regarded as an essential retail service then, Ethel? You know, a lot of clothes shops and other kind of shoe shops and sort of general shoe shops probably aren't open at the moment. Yeah, now I sell orthotics. So on the go.ie yeah. site, it says anything orthopedic, I suppose, is, you know, in that category. So we do sell some orthotics. We, we don't sell them, I'm being honest, we don't sell them too much, obviously, unless a physio says to get something or whatever. But, like, all our shoes are podiatry approved, and, I mean, they're all brands that the physios want, you know, to be used for, like, for safe feet, for healthy feet. So, I, I suppose on the gov.ie, I suppose, kids' shoes in general, like, clothing and everything is not essential to them. But it is, like, I mean, I can't understand the, the, the like, you know, I just can't get my head around that, like, I think that, you know, kids' shoes and clothes and things like that are not, are not essential. My own 11-year-old boy has grown out of everything. <laughs> And I, okay, we're okay for shoes, but um, clothes-wise, I mean, I've had to go online and buy things, and majority of stuff went back. It's just crazy. Like, I just think they yeah, need to yeah. be a little bit more clarity on that part, because there's a lot of... Um, yeah, I was going to say to you actually, you know, just thinking about it and shoes and children in particular, like, and uh, given the, the year we've had with lockdown and um, so much closure of on again and off again business, like yeah. really when it comes to things like footwear and even clothes in general, like the, the length of time we've had in, in, uh, in lockdown is nearly a lifetime for smaller children because, you know, the way they just all of a sudden they just burst out of certain things and you just, they're just no good anymore. Um, just yeah. that they might they might be still very serviceable, but they just they've just grown out of them, and you know you can't yeah. really wait for it. I can't tell a child, would you mind stop growing now till the COVID yeah. lockdown is lifted? <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. And with kids' feet in particular, like as well, and their feet change so much. All small kids, their feet change so much. It's not even about how they grow. It's the instep changes, everything like the arch area. Every little thing changes. Like a child could be wide when they get measured first. They could end up being really narrow about six months later. Like you know. So it depends, the foot changes. But, um, like, I've had kids come in, like, small babies that have only gotten the first shoes just before the first lockdown and haven't been measured in a year. Like, it's bananas. It's it's just mm -hmm. crazy, like, that's, you know, like, I mean, you're, you're, every child, baby needs to be measured about every three months, at least, and see, I keep an eye on how the foot's growing. And, like, the parents need a foot, they need a, um, they need a growth pattern as well, so they can keep an eye on themselves as well. Like, we have been doing as well since last March. We've been showing people how to measure at home. So I know loads of people have been going on going, like, saying, oh, we've bought a foot gauge, we've bought a Clark's one, or we've bought a Star Trek one. And I'm like, leave the foot gauge out of it. You don't need a foot gauge. Just put the child on a piece of paper, trace around the foot, and then when the tracing is done, measure the tracing from heel to the longest toe in centimetres and at the widest part on the tracing as well in centimetres. And oh, that's, that's the best way to get the true yeah. measure. Should the child, uh, children probably enjoy that sort of thing and have a bit of crack yeah. doing that because it's like uh, drawing their hands or doing handprints on, on paper as they do often in school. It's nearly like doing a, a footprint yeah. instead. Yeah. Um, yeah. I must say, the, the shoes look very attractive anyway on, on the website, Ethel. It's uh, lovely looking, very colourful, uh, attractive. Yeah. Um, I'm probably showing my age by saying there's not a lace yeah. in sight. <laughs> um, <laughs> I know. We do laces. We do shoes with laces as well because obviously any kids maybe seen physio would need a shoe with a lace. 
Yeah. 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 Yeah.
and they just mm. put our ideas like you know like we have sort of priorities that we'd like to see happening for the southeast and uh, yeah. we sort of identified seven priorities really Morris, that we as first citizens and chief executives would like to see implemented now some of them are being worked on at the moment but we would just like to see sort of one voice really on it at the moment yeah and what are some of the main ones tom uh, the main ones now would be obviously the first one would be a technical university for the southeast really like you know and i know there are ongoing talks at the moment there with, with between carlo and waterford and hopefully that will be sorted out and hopefully we'll uh, early next year will there be announcement from government that the university for the southeast uh, will will be established like you know because we the southeast is one of the only just two regions that do not have a university and, you know, and like the combined uh, profile of the southeast is, is like yeah, for the university is nearly over 15,000 students, 2,000 staff, which generate over 5,000 graduates annually. So that would be one of our priorities. And then our other priorities would be sort of a 30 million region Pacific Southeast Innovation Fund. There is need for Pacific funding for the southeast to support strategic projects that can drive job creation. Another priority then it would be an investment in the southeast ports, obviously. And especially now, uh, one of my things would be the IDA. Like, we're looking for 40 new IDA companies in the Southeast. The Southeast, like, has among the lowest levels of IDA jobs in Ireland. Like, we want more ambitious IDA engagement in the Southeast. Mm. Uh, another one would be, obviously, the provision of the 24 7 cardiac centre in the Southeast now, which we got good news there last week there. Like, so that's sort of uh, work in progress. So, yeah. So things like that, like and obviously like upgrades of the N24 and the N4 and the N80 road connections. Yeah, you know, see, yeah, they're so they're sort of the priorities from like from uh, like for the counties at the moment there. Yeah, so all the big the big picture things that really cross uh, county boundaries, regardless yeah. of whether it's location or their impact on the on the whole southeast. I think there's a, yeah, I'm right in thinking there's a, there's at least. 500 or 600,000 people living in, in the areas covered by um, the, the counties you mentioned. Absolutely. Like, you know, I mean, like, it's, it's a vast area, like, you know, at, at the counties, like, as I say, Carlow, Kilkenny, Wexford, Waterford, Tip, Super, like, you yeah. know, like, so, you know, there is a lot of people there, like, you know, and we just want to sort of, sort of emphasize, sort of come on, on sort of, on sort of thing from one sheet, like, and we, as I say, we met, we met to the TDs there and, and, and the centres there, and there was yeah, strong support yeah. among the Rockless members, like, for, for us, like, you know, which is yeah, good to see. yeah. I think obviously, I, well, I can imagine that there'd be nobody quibbling with the idea of of getting a lot more uh, IGA companies in, or more investment, or oh, yeah. even you know the, the uh, regional innovation fund and stuff. There's there's been a fair amount of coverage already, I suppose, about the um, the the upcoming future, or hopefully the implementation of the plans for a technological university of the southeast. But of course, it's all got focused, or a lot of it has got focused on. Okay, where are the various campuses going to be? Now, you you guys already have your um, Institute of Technology that'll form part of it up there in Carlow um, Town. It's great, a great place and amazing um, range of educational opportunities up there. They have the same in Waterford. Uh, Wexford doesn't have one. Tipperary doesn't have one. Or actually, there is, isn't there? There's some, something there in Tipperary already, yeah, and yeah, there is yeah. here. And um, and we don't have one here in Kilkenny. So, of course, is, is, is there not a potential, or is this supposed to be some way of kind of avoiding maybe an unseemly public row over where where things will land in relation to something large like the Technological University? 
Yeah, as, as I say, it's with, with the minister at the moment now. A plan has gone to the minister, and then like uh, sort of a team from his department there look at it there and with an announcement there. But like as I say, it's just to get the heads together, really. Like you know, and we're like we're all we're all singing off the one hymn sheet. Like you know, it's just to get the aim there for the southeast. Like as I say, like the southeast is one of it was just one of two regions that does not have a university. So with sort of common sense, really, like you know, it, that that will happen. Yeah, where where did the thinking originally come for uh, from uh, Tom for putting together this this uh, first citizens um, forum? Was it, you know, I I presume you you probably weren't pushed into it by government. Did it arise from some other forum of meeting? Yeah, no, I'll have to I'll have to give due to sort of Councillor Damien Gagan from Waterford there actually, like you know, uh, it was sort of him uh, and the chief executive down there really, like you know, that that sort of spearheaded this. Like, and as I say, there's other councillors like myself, there's Andrew McGuinness from Kilkenny, you know, you know well. Yes, uh, Councillor Michael Smith from Tipperary, Councillor Damon Gagan from Waterford, and, and uh, Councillor uh, Jerry McCarthy is yeah, Wexford, like, mm-hmm. on, on the mm-hmm. forum, with, with the Chief Executive, like, and we sort of discussed this. But that's what we, we released with the press, we, we did a press release there, yeah, last week there. You know, and, yeah. and it's just uh, like it just affords uh, like much, it's a much stronger position when we're all uh, looking into progress, such investments. Like you know, what I mean, and when we're all sort of singing like a, from the same hymn sheet, like you know, that I think like it's essential that collectively working together with a single force to enhance the southeast. It, it, we wanted a, it's a great place to work, rest, it, and, and visit. Like so, uh, like we look forward to working with all the counterparts in the other local authorities as well. Like so, so we want to make a difference to everyone. Local. Yeah, I think we all living down here anyway. I think we all realise and subscribe to the idea that it's uh, the southeast is a wonderful place to oh, work, rest, and play. And like particularly say, when we have uh, beautiful weather as we're having at, at, at the moment. And look out today, Morris. It's a beautiful day. Beautiful day. But unfortunately, we have to stay within our five k as well. But hopefully, well, that will change later. That's, on, um, and that's uh, that's nothing that uh, neither you or I or a lot of other people can uh, can really um, influence. Unfortunately, Tom, no, except to, except by staying sticking within the rules. I suppose uh, that's about as much as we can each do. Yes, um, exactly. for 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 that. Um, so, what are the plans then for ongoing meetings of the forum, and how do you, you know, you know, to prioritise all those various initiatives that you're talking to us about? Yeah, as I say, we have we had four meetings. It's sort of like we're sort of starting off, the, but we'll be coming back now. To, we're meeting again in two weeks' time, I think, actually. Like, uh, and we're meeting with uh, uh, the Rockets members again. Like, they're going to go as well. Like, and sort of talk to the, as we as, as I call it the big boys in Dublin because. Uh, that's where the decisions are made, unfortunately. Like you know, but we have to put pressure on on Dublin, so to deliver for the southeast, and that's where that's why the pressure is on them. Like so, we'll be coming back. We'll be meeting now the Oireachtas members and the senators there in the next two weeks. We give them yeah. the priorities, like you know, what the southeast, what we think should be uh, sort of advanced in the southeast. So hopefully, you will see uh, sort of news on on a few things there. Like as I say, the south, the universe southeast is. Good news stories for everyone. It's a win-win situation for everyone in the southeast, and that will be coming on on, on stream hopefully soon. Yeah, I think we'll we'll all be looking forward to seeing how that uh, that pans out, particularly yeah. so providing because you know we all I think we all realise how much, apart from just the educational opportunities involved, with how much employment goes along with um, having um, you know good big uh, well well. Uh, regarded uh, third-level institutions that have university status, I think they're a magnet, right, for employment and economic development. Exactly, and, and it's not just for education; like the, rest, the, the, yeah. the spin-off then as well, like other uh, other agencies get as well, like from students and vice versa, accommodation and entertainment and all. Like it's a win-win for both. For both. 
Indeed. Well, I hope I hope uh, when, when the time comes and uh, there is that, that development is announced and it uh, starts to take legs, that we will have the housing in place in, in the various counties to, to accommodate whatever um, student body arrives in and indeed any new jobs that um, you're able to get created through the auspices of the IDA or, or whoever else. But, oh, exa- um, exactly. One, the, one the, the, things, idea, Thomas, the idea... Yeah. Sorry. Sorry? Yep. No, go on. Go ahead there. No, sorry. Like uh, I just said, the IDA have a major part to play here and that's why we want to be... Want, we will, hopefully, we'll be meeting them as well. Like, the idea... As I say, like the, the southeast has among the lowest levels of IDA jobs in Ireland. Like you know, so we want more ambitious engagement with with the IDA in the southeast to make yeah. up a shortfall here. So hopefully that will happen as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, one of the things I was wondering about about this the the first citizens forum. Uh, in fact, you probably have answered it for me because you mentioned the chief executives of the various county councils being involved. But it it, it must be a little bit of a challenge to have a kind of a level of continuity when like the likes of yourself and indeed uh, Councillor Andrew McGuinness down here and the other County Councillor Cahulik that you mentioned um, when you're only really in place for a year at a time um, you, you know it's a, possibly a bit disruptive for, for the kind of forum that you're talking about that needs that kind of longevity No I, fu- I fully agree Mark that's just a sort of small thing I, I sort of uh, that's really uh, that is a sort of a stumbling block to us alright like I, as you know and correctly so like in in June, most of us cha- uh, change really chairs, like you know, and all that. So you have sort of have a new person. But at least the groundwork is done here, like you know, it's just a build on this then for the whoever the incoming chairs as well, like chief executives. Fortunately, stay the way they are, like you know, and all that. But uh, as you correctly said, like you know, most uh, first citizens change usually around June or something like that, like you know. But hopefully, as I said, the, the building block will be done. So, you know, so it's just to continue on the work that has already achieved and, already. Uh, yeah, with the, with the, I suppose uh, the, you get that continuity from the various uh, the chief executives at yeah. least of the different councils, and uh, I suppose the, one of the things you'd be well familiar, I suppose, also yourself, and although it doesn't involve your own county, with the occasional uh, rearing of what we regard here in Kilkenny as the ugly head of, of the, the what we regard as a land grab between uh, Waterford and, and Kilkenny. So hopefully, having a, a southeast forum like this will also tone down any any kind of yeah, tendencies yeah. for those sort of things to clear up thankfully we, we don't have that argument here and I'd, I'd, I'd rather not comment on any land from Kikenny or Waterford just mm. because I upset people <laughs> You would, yeah, yeah. And you're, you're not about to stake a claim for Greg Cullen up there in Carlow. Uh, no, well, even even that's very debatable now at the moment here as well. Like it all that, so it's 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 it's, it's easy to upset some people. So I won't even go yeah, down that road. That's, that's a bit local to you. I suppose we should finish on a positive note. There's a, not only do you have your own forum of uh, first citizens, Tom, and obviously um, you're you're working away on that agenda that you outlined to us. There's also a very good, um, attractive looking website. Uh, going along with it, um, IrelandSoutheast.com, and it's encouraging people to invest, work, and move in into the area, which is great uh, promotional vehicle. Exactly, and and as, as was yesterday there by the minister uh, Heather Humphreys there, like you know about rural development and rural getting people out of cities and in, in, in into towns and villages as well, which is a good first step, like you know setting up hubs and that, you know. So I think that will help you know people to stay at home, like if people want to stay in their own county. Hopefully that can happen as well. Yeah, you see, you have a positive reaction to the, the um, just that recently announced um, rural strategy, rural development strategy. Yeah. 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 Um, so anything else then that's going on? Like you're, you're obviously sharing a lot of, through the forum anyway, a lot of the concerns of uh, your fellow, uh, obviously, county councillors and Cahirlik down here and in the other counties and 
COVID impacts and all yeah. the rest. Um, there's anything in particular that's um, specific to Carla that's that's going on that you'd mm. like to tell the listeners about? Uh, no, like we, we just, we were lucky now. We got uh, funding there, like an announced there recently, like Lucky Kelly as well, like an Lucky Kelly did well uh, out of it as well. Uh, we got approximately 9.5 million and then we've uh, add on to our coffers there with about another three, well, uh, nearly up to 14 million we got like for our town centre in Carlow, which is very good news for us, like, you know, so you see... A lot, of, a lot of changes happening in, in Carlow Town for the benefit of, of everyone in Carlow Town and County. And I know the same in Kilkenny there, they got money there as well, so which is it's a good news story. Yeah, and I suppose you'd have, you'd have the same struggle and uh, issues to be, or challenges to be faced oh, when like, uh, the COVID starts to lift around the, the, the funding of the local authority in general from central government. Oh, absolutely. Like, you know, it's, it's after being a tough year for everybody out there, like, you know, like, so hopefully... That light at the end of the tunnel just got a bit brighter, like it all about. We see what's happening this evening, then as well, like it all with restrictions up. But hopefully, like when the vaccines kick in, like as well, that hopefully we'll have it. We all have a good summer, and we'll be able to enjoy the southeast even even better. Even better, well, indeed. If we can, I think there's some talk about being able to travel within our own counties, anywhere within our own counties, um, by the end of, um, or maybe even in the next couple of weeks. I think. April yeah, I think that's that's so going to be announced as well, which is. It's just good news, anyway, Mars, for people to travel, like, you know, because Hopefully it is. Want, we'll want to walk, walk or cycle or do, a, do, do an extra bit and just to get out, like... Indeed, because uh, there are so many things that we can do, but, but they do need a little bit of uh, being able to cross county boundaries, and it'd be Abs- great to be able to get back to do that. Um, absolutely, for, for absolutely. Eventually, yeah. listen. It's been it's been great having you, Tom. Uh, lovely to have you all the way uh, joining us here from from Carlo and uh, the uh, First Citizens Forum of the Southeast County. Sounds like a very wise and sensible idea, and hopefully it achieves a lot uh, for the region and uh, puts aside any kind of um, issues between one county and another, as we as we mentioned earlier on. But thanks for joining us. Lovely thanks to have you. Thanks a million. You're very welcome, Tom. Take care. Bye bye. And that was uh, Councillor Tom O'Neill, who is the co- current Coherlock of Carlow County Council, talking there about and giving us an insight into the work of the First Citizens Forum, which is, the, as he said, uh, the collection of uh, county council chairpersons of the, the southeastern counties and their uh, chief executives of all those councils. So, yeah, interesting idea, and uh, we wish it all the best. We look forward to hearing more, particularly about things like the development around the Technological the, uh, University of the Southeast, huge one, as, as Tom mentioned there, and there'll be more news on that, no doubt, over the coming weeks and months. Now, we better take another ad break, and uh, we'll be back after this ad break with, as I mentioned, a, a, a charity that I really didn't know much about, Community Connect, and uh, Jill Callanan, who's the Carlo Kilkenny Coordinator for Community Connect will be joining us. Uh, so do stay with us here on Community Radio Kilkenny City and we'll be back in a couple of minutes' time just after these messages. We are Community Radio Kilkenny City 88.7 FM. Welcome back to the last part of today's show. Lovely to have you with us as usual and good morning if you're listening on the repeat on Wednesday morning. Now joining me on the line I hope is Jill Callanan who's the Carla Kilkenny Coordinator for a charity named Community connect um welcome jill how are you thank you so much for having me on i'm delighted to be able to talk to you today about community connect Great, because um, I, now maybe it's just me. I did say at the start of the show, Jill, that um, it's a long time since I've either been a new parent and I definitely have never been a pregnant um, mother. So um, you might just uh, tell me, and for the benefit of those of us who may not have heard too much about Community Connect, what, what's this all about? What do you do? Community Connect is a national organisation that started last year and really it's there to provide practical support to pregnant mothers and to new parents, particularly if they're finding that they're just 
struggling and maybe feeling a little bit overwhelmed with providing for their babies. And really it's there to help ease some of maybe that pressure and um, anxiety that can come when people start thinking about the cost of how to be able to provide for this, this new little being that's just about to come into their lives. So we help with supplying practical things down from your nappies, your baby wipes, those things to larger uh, um, items as well, like buggies and cots, and of course, blankets and, and clothes as well. Mm. It, uh, so it's only last year and very, very recent, and a lot of charities, I'm sure you recognize, are kind of founded following um, a personal experience of one or more people. Was that the case with Community Connect as well, or did it come from some other uh, thought process or initiative? You know, it really came from a, a collective really beginning to realize that there was a pressure um, on new parents, you know, and even though, you know, we kind of came through that Celtic tiger, we came into a boom, but there's always people who, for whatever reason, at a certain time of life can be struggling. I mean, even recently, I remember chatting to a couple and they were just waiting for their funding to come in for their rent and they were just, they were stuck, you know, and I think there's people like that. And we've, we began to hear more and more stories about that and people on a national level realize, look, people do need support in, in, in being able to provide practically as much as they can just to ease a little bit of the pressure for new parents expecting mm. um and this is from couples like are maybe having their first two we've had people come to us who've had you know surprise number four surprise number five and just feeling oh how how do i cope with this and it's that's really what it was born out of it was born out of a realization that there was a need to support pregnant women and families as well be it if it's their first baby or their fifth or sixth you know that we can help in yeah. some way just to help ease that burden. Yeah, and so as you say, in the very, very practical, straightforward ways, and nothing to do yeah. with you know, the, the usual kind of level of medical supports, be they good, bad, or indifferent, uh, whatever any particular pregnant woman is. Yeah, no, exactly. And actually, that's one of the things that we've, because we have focused on very much the practical end of things and being able to give out that, we do, we do supply a support leaflet within our pack that will maybe point people in other directions if they if they need support elsewhere. I know we've been able to help point people in regards to maybe food banks. I know on another practical level, I've been able to refer people on to La Leisurely, a breastfeeding support agency, mm-hmm. and it's been able to link them in with community projects that are there. And actually, it's one of the things I've loved. I mean, literally in the name, it says community, and I've become more and more aware of other organizations that are in Kilkenny and Carlo and being able to link in with them. And do you know what? It's been lovely. They've been wonderful. It's gone both ways. If they know they need baby stuff, we've been able to provide them and vice versa. If I know maybe I have a family with an older child and we wouldn't normally help supply over the age of three, but I can sometimes call on them. And it's been lovely just seeing that sense of community between the different organizations and really working together. And it's been so encouraging. And it's important, isn't it, also for people like yourself um, not not to be afraid to, to, to be saying to the people that contact you that, you know, there's something you, you can't do for them, but you can refer them on to somebody else. You know, you, there are, you, know you, you do what you do, you do it very well, and then there are other people there yeah. to provide the other kind of services and supports mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that, um, in this case, um, pregnant women or, or new parents yeah. might need. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you're, you're so, like, how, how have things been? You know, with it being founded um, only a year ago, you've kind of landed right bang in the middle yeah. of COVID and the impact of all of that with a very, very brand new organization yeah. trying to do something new and practical. And that, that level of practicality, even itself, kind of sounds mm. like as if it could be quite challenging to, 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 to deliver on um, in the last year. One of the things that we've really noticed, I mean, I've been involved in Kilkenny and Carlo and, and the Warsford area now for the last year 
when I came on board. So I came on board just as actually the restrictions were easing before we kind of went back into that kind of lockdown. And initially, I w- you know, we were only getting through maybe a handful of people, and this was nationally, and now it's gone to like 15 to 25 families a week, you know, nationally. And we've seen that, that increase. And I think people are finding that pinch with the extra lockdown. They're not able to access clothes. And sometimes they don't have maybe the money in their account to even order online. Um, and people are feeling that pinch from a very practical point of view from us because we obviously run completely on volunteers. I'm a volunteer myself. And, you know, we have to be within those restrictions as well. So even when we when we sort all the clothes that come into us and um, when we're washing items before we're moving them on, we have to be mindful of that as well. You know, we're, we're masked, we're, we're distanced. Um, but thankfully, within Level 5, charities are allowed to travel. So when we, we are still able to actually deliver these items, um, mm. To parents as well, which is brilliant. Obviously, so always the taking magic, in the magic every you know every um, <laughs> precaution that's needed in, in doing that. But it's brilliant Indeed. that even within yeah. this, we can yeah. actually reach the people who need it. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, you, well. ma- you mentioned the word packs earlier on. Then, um, yeah. Jill, does that mean you'd kind of have a standard pack that you would you'd give out to pregnant uh, women or, or, or newly uh, new uh, women who've become new parents? And like, if they like, what's what might be in that? Um, to every um, pregnant mom or, or just new parents as well, we have a beautiful baby box that we give them. And inside that is all those kind of essential baby items. Your nappies, your wipes, your baby sacks, your creams, a packet of vests, um, baby grows, bibs, and a blanket. And it's so nice. We have wonderful volunteers who have been hand-knitting baby items like hats and cardigans. And in every pack, there's one of those as well. And it's lovely to be able to... I actually love the knitted items and just seeing how you know handmade these are and being able to put them in. So that's one of the things we provide. If it's an older baby, we do what's called a baby bag that will be catering for the age of, of um, the child we're dealing with. And also then for the mothers um, going into hospital, just those essential kind of things that you would need um, when you're preparing your hospital bag as well. And we'll always give that um, to somebody who comes and avails of our support. Yeah, and are there things that you... Uh, uh, could be picked up this completely wrong are, are there things that you can uh, supply to um, mums or new parents that, that you you do you then kind of get back from them that you know that they, and they can be reused do you know what uh, it's been one of the things that I've just been so encouraged by I have had so many women who've come through looking for a bit of support and in turn have given the support back and it's wonderful to see and one of those things is often clothes actually because for any of us who've, who've had small kids we know they go through oh, those sure, small sizes so quickly. And to be honest with you, I can even think of my own sons. I think they might have worn some items once or twice. And yeah. and that happens when they just grow through that rapid growth. So it's brilliant mm. to be able to get those pre-loved clothes that are in such good condition to be able to reuse them again. And it's mm. the same also with, I know I've had one parent who said, look, I, you know, I don't need this buggy anymore because I now need a stroller. So they've been able to give things back. Um, which is wonderful and I, I really love that sense of community and, and your mums really want to help each other and, and I have seen that through this even though themselves maybe they might have been going through a stage where they need a little bit of help they're just as willing um, to help and pass it on as well Yeah, I think there's been, a, there's been a great long-standing tradition I think of, of um, parents uh, particularly re- uh, reusing or passing on the pass on yeah. clothes thing is a well-known mm-hmm. phenomenon I think around Ireland for all of us and yeah. we're really going back to Going back through the generations, and it's great to see it's continuing on um, mm-hmm. through yourself. I suppose a little bit more challenging, really, to do that, and you have to be a lot more careful with um, how you yeah. handle things uh, in, mm-hmm. in these times of COVID. But uh, not insurmountable mm-hmm. by the sound of things. You're well on top of it. 
Mm, no, it, it's been great. Um, and even I, my, my dad, I've even wrote him in. I get him to check over all the cops to make sure we have every, you know, screw, every pin is in place, that everything is functional before we pass it on. So I have lots of volunteers who have been helped with that. And I have other, I have to just thank so much the volunteers in Kilkenny and Kilcarlo who've been helping, you know, clean down items, making things are ready, you know, washing, preparing things. They've been really great. And that's the one thing that I, and encourage people that there is opportunities if this is something that someone is interested in there's always room to volunteer with us um, as well if that's something that people enjoy doing well, you took the words right out of my mouth because um, with, with charities like yourselves, Jill, we'd always yeah. be, um, and being a community radio, we, we don't, and mm. you're depending so much as we do on volunteers, we always ask yeah. um, guests like yourselves, are you looking for volunteers at the moment? And if you are, how can people get in touch with you and what do they need to do or what skills do they yeah, need, you want no. them to bring to the table? That's perfect. Um, at the moment, because we are obviously being quite aware of our restrictions, when we're sorting stuff, we wouldn't normally. Now, thankfully, the Methodist Church has been kind enough to use. Um, we've been allowed to use their church building because it's currently closed um, to sort items in. So we will never have more than four in that kind of space as well. So it'll always depend. But then I might open one day and, you know, I might only have one or two volunteers being able to sort clothes kind of with us. For anyone who would like to get in contact with me um, in regards to that, um, I have an email address, which is kilkennycommunityconnect at gmail.com. And that will reach myself if, if this is interesting. Anyone who, who would like to volunteer. Similarly enough, if anyone would like to donate um, pre-loved items, anything from clothes to buggies and cots, um, they can also go through that as well. I, w- I will say, just a caveat on that, we, we, have, we have been thankfully given a storage space so depending on what I have in at any one given time, I may not always be t- able to take in large amounts. It depends on whatever stage we're at of things that are going out. Yeah, yeah, it's great. So Kilkenny Community mm-hmm. Connect at gmail.com. I notice also, yep. uh, Jill, that there's a mobile number on your right. on the Community Connect website, um, 085-875-8366. Can people ring that right. as well? You can indeed. That's the national one. I can also give you the Kenny one if you want to come direct to sure. us. Um, and that's 087-135-2082. Great. That's lovely. We'll pass that on anyway. Thanks a million for joining us anyway, Jill, and uh, very best wishes with um, uh, the, with the service. It sounds like lovely, as, as you say, lovely, nice, low-key, practical, but very, very important service mm. to provide to to And Morris, if, if there's any family out there that just feel like they just need a little bit of practical support, they can use either of those numbers to contact us. They can use the email address. We're also on Facebook and you can use Messenger. So please, Great. if anyone out there does feel like We'll repeat a bit those help. just in a few minutes because just out a minute's time. Yeah. I'll let you go now. We're running out of time. Thanks Brilliant. a million for joining Thank us. Thank you so Jill. much. Take care. You're very welcome. Bye. So the, the number there for Jill, just before we go, 087-135-2082. And that's all our communityconnect.ie. You can get more information. That's all we've time for on today's show. Unfortunately, running out of time again, as per usual. But thanks a million to Mick Cummins for doing the sound desk for me, Andy, to Anne Nolan for helping me produce the show. August Begmay, Arashirish, Dehina Shikwing. Look forward to being back with you again on Friday. Take care. We are Community Radio, Kilkenny City, 88.7 FM.